Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the community of saints that you have put us in. Uh, We thank you for a day of rest. Please let us hear your word speak uh, truth from your scripture. Uh, Hear it and do it diligently through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this morning, I am starting a new series called The Foundations of Marriage. And we're just going to do the introduction this morning, which really isn't a teaching. The only thing I want to get across this morning and the only point I have is that it's really important and I want you to take it seriously. And this doesn't apply to you because you're here and then you're in the pews at 930. Not the whole teaching, the whole thing does apply to you. But the really important part (laughs) is that you would show up. That uh, if... Obviously, we've got kids' ministries uh, and, and various things that take people out. We've got a lot of people sick today. I think this is more people than normal at the 930. Sometimes. I guess they're like, well, Axe is over. <laughs> Let's see what else we can do. Um, and so the main point I want to get across is that this is really important, and I want everybody to take it seriously. And so we could just stop there and... You know, t- talk about it over coffee or something for 45 minutes, but they don't pay me to do that. So, uh, in our introduction, part of the reason why uh, in the introduction, we're not going to do a, a large teaching today. I just want to, I just really want to just everyone to grab and grasp the weight of why we need foundations of marriage, why we need a series, not just at this point in our, in our church, um, but it should be a regular thing and and why we need to seek the scriptures uh, and seek the Lord in this. And so I'll say this at the beginning and at the end for people who show, show up late. And you can just take mental note of who that is in case you're keeping tally marks. Uh, so in your bulletin insert, you also get this during the announcements. What we're doing is for the, uh, I'll do this on the last week of the month and the first week of the month. So you get it two weeks in a row. We're going to be utilizing bulletin inserts a lot more now or in the future, Uh, and so on the back, or on the one bulletin insert, you'll see it says, tentative teaching schedule, 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, persist in this, for by doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And so constantly, especially in the pastoral epistles, uh, we're getting admonished, or the minister is getting, the minister, the elders of a church, are getting admonished to keep a close watch on their teaching, to keep a close watch on their doctrine, and particularly here, Paul admonishes Timothy because in doing so, and keeping a close watch on the teaching and persisting in it, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And so in a marriage course, or in a marriage um, series, the goal is, the end goal is hopefully you'll be saved from a lot of troubles in the long run. That's, the, that's one of the main goals. Uh, we're, we want to have God-honoring, uh, happy, healthy marriages. And, um, and you have to seek the Lord and seek the scriptures to do that. So on the, the bulletin insert, we were going to post tentatively what we're teaching about at the 9.30 and the 10.30 for the entire month. So it could be, um, I don't know, I've never pulled anybody on this, but in, in the past it could be a little confusing about uh, you're showing up to church and what are we getting today, right? Or are we getting Josiah, Stephen, Catherine, Greg, who are we getting? What are we getting? I'm not exactly sure, but now, now you will be sure. 
unless it changes. Uh, unless something. And so on the back side, and this is just to go along with the Foundations of Marriage course series, is we're going to be doing, um, it's generally going to be every two weeks, but uh, for this purpose, for the first one, it's going to be four weeks. Before we do it, I'm going to call it pressing it into the corners, and as we go through a, a series on marriage and the foundations, we're only going to talk about big picture principle things, and then you're going to be wondered, okay, I get it, or I've read the scriptures, how does that apply? How does that apply to me and my spouse? How does that apply to my children? How does that apply to my household? I'm not married. How does that apply to me? Can I just zone out? Uh, no. Read the second paragraph. Don't worry if you're single. This is the best time to start learning. Ooh, then I have a number one there. That's a typo. Should be a period. You'll find that you can start pressing it into the corners now, even as you search for a spouse. And so this the marriage course, uh, if you're single, you should be paying attention. If you're married, then you should be paying attention. Um, everyone should be paying attention. And so we're going to meet every two weeks to kind of press it into the corners. Uh, we're going to, uh, there's going to be some discussion um, and some practical, but there's going to be a lot of, of how do you guys press this out into the corners of your marriage? How do you press this out into relationships? What does it look like? And so um, we're going to go over things, the big areas pertaining to marriage and child rearing, because um, I was going to call it foundations of marriage and child rearing, but I decided that's, in my mind, a little redundant, because one leads to the other, usually, in normal situations. Um, and so we're going to talk about... Um, Big areas, principles pertaining to marriage, child-rearing, authority, submission, respect, love, the economy, work, headship, obedience, gender roles, disputes, fellowship, uh, how to handle conflict, and more. And so we're going to be just be talking about the big picture, the big ticket items. Uh, this is only a foundation, and then... Uh, we'll meet every two weeks, you can press it in the corners, and really you're going to spend the rest of your life pressing it into the corners of, of your marriage. And so I already have the, tw it's actually 24 um, weeks of teachings, and I've left two weeks open. Uh, one of those is particularly to blended families, because in our culture, um, I've got a statistic somewhere uh, which we'll get into. I'll just figure it out as I go through the outline. But it's a large percentage, and we're seeing more and more blended families. And blended families are not exactly the same as your um, uh, nuclear family. And so there's differences there. A lot of the principles still apply, but some of them don't. And so there's differences. And that helps not just the blended families, but that helps us to relate to blended families, uh, because you can't look at a blended family the same way you look at a, uh, a nuclear family. Um, and so, so uh, that will probably be towards the end. Um, I'll add that, I'll tack that on at the end uh, to blended families, but that could really just be a whole course in itself about blended families. And there's obviously a lot of good books on various topics in marriage and blended families and raising children um, and uh, we might throw some of those out there. And so, again, the main thing I want everyone to get is just that it's very important 
the series is only covering like the big ticket principal items and then we'll meet and, and press it into the corners. And so I wanna go into why we're doing this now um, and, 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 what, and what we're doing. And so 15 out of the 27 books of the New Testament talk directly to husbands or wives. Out of, out of the 27 New Testament books, it either mentions husbands or wives directly and their role, the responsibility that they have or, or specific instruction. Um, and then the other books give, I would say all of the other books, give some kind of principle for Christian living that applies to marriage. And so you're like, okay, what, is, what does that mean? Well, Philippians uh, says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I think that applies to marriage. <laughs> Don't grumble. That'll, that'll help your marriage a little bit. Uh, I think the ESV says, or complaining, but the NASB says disputing. That kind of makes it a little bit more clear to, uh, if you just take marriage as a big picture, do the whole thing without grumbling or disputing. Don't fight with your spouse. Okay. There you go. Don't fight with, uh, don't grumble about your boss. Don't fight with your boss. Don't, it applies to all things. Right? And so those are kind of, I think every book uh, you could apply or put in and apply it to marriage and child rearing. And so I've got five reasons why we need this or five, thousand, five reasons why we're going through this. Uh, I'm not sure if you even need to take notes. These aren't like, you could take notes on the five reasons, but again, I just want you guys to get, this is how important this is. So number one, why we need this? Uh, this is honestly just the state of Grace Christian Fellowship, where we're at. Um, most of the couples have been married less than five years, and most of us, uh, out of those married couples, most of them have small children or are planning on having children maybe small children, in the, next, in the next few years. And so 2 Timothy 4.2 says, uh, be ready to preach the word in and out of season. This is something we are in season of. Um, we are uh, a young church, and so, uh, which is, I, I really think we've got like the weirdest church in the world, uh, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, <laughs> We've been taking the courses, the, the fatherhood and motherhood courses at, at Hope Rising, and I'm talking with an older gentleman, and we just converse a lot about a lot of things, and I tell him about our church, and I'm like, yeah, we're celebrating 20 years this year. I'm like, that's a, a good accomplishment, and you think, oh, 20 years, there's probably people there from the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, it's one of our oldest guys. He's like 36. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're like, what? What are you talking about? And so we are in a, we're in a weird, we're just a weird church. And uh, we are an old church, fundamentally. Um, we've been around for a while, but most of us are in our 20s or 30s. I think most of us are in our 20s, actually. Um, if you're in your 30s, you're an older guy. <laughs> and I think I, I think I counted, I think I'm like the fourth or fifth in line of the oldest men in the church. I'm 36. And so we are in season of young marriages. And it would be kind of foolish of us to not have something on marriage, some kind of teaching, some kind of, or regularly speak about it from the pulpit or do a longer series. And so that is just uh, the season we're in. 
Uh, you don't just stroll into a good marriage. Uh, you don't get a God-honoring marriage without trying. Um, just like in any relationship, in anything, you don't become a good worker by just, you don't just like, I oh, just woke up one day and I was a good worker. You don't just wake up one day and you're a good husband. You don't. Uh, you don't just, anything that, where there's a sin dynamic and there's a relational dynamic in, you don't just stroll into it. You, don't, you can't just expect it to, to happen. You can't expect to have a God-honoring, uh, healthy or happy marriage without trying. And so most of us um, have, have, chil- or have children or are planning on having children in the married couples. And so not studying, not figuring out what God says about how to raise children, how to handle it, the relationship dynamic, um, is foolish. And so if you don't try, if you don't, you're not looking to go in that direction, you're surely not going to get there. And so we don't want to be uh, a people who aren't at least teaching and moving and encouraging and equipping people in the right direction because that's the season we're in. Uh, number two, a healthy, growing, vibrant church should have to do this every like five to ten years. There's, you should expect in any church that is healthy and growing that there's younger people getting raised, growing up, getting married, having children, and on a cycle of about every five to ten years, you should have to do a series like this that's, that's longer. I think there should be um, some kind of regular teaching or, or mention or encouragement from the pulpit about marriage and, and child rearing because that's just, uh, it's, it's common. And, but to do a longer series, you know, like every five to ten years, you get a cycle of, of, of babies coming in. Uh, you get a cycle of marriages coming in. And so that's one way I think you can generally tell if a church is healthy is by how many marriages there are. Uh, uh, are they ongoing? Are they, um, are they continuing? Are the marriages healthy? Are they having children? And how are their children doing? That's how you gauge the healthiness of a church. Um, I don't know if this goes into one of my other points. It kind of does, but it really, if we don't have like... God honoring marriages and and raising God fearing children, then I don't know if it really matters if we do anything else. I I really don't. If we all had our nice little like Bible study times at home and and that's good and that's great, but if it's not changing us in real ways to be more God honoring, more biblical, then I don't think we're doing it right. And so that's why that's why it's important. Um, I mentioned earlier in the pamphlet, but um, or in the bulletin, insert First Timothy four sixteen. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. So he says, persist in this. It should constantly be a a mindset of of the elders and teachers in the church to be. What do we need teaching? What season are we in? Where are we going? What direction do we want to take? And so uh, uh, we haven't done that in a longer series on marriage and child rearing. So that's why I wanted to bring it to the table now. And so, uh, which goes into my third point, is you want to get ahead of the game. And so what we don't want to do as a church from the pulpit is be like, oh, here's a problem area, let's teach on this. Here's a problem area, let's teach on this. Here's a problem area, let's teach on this. And then you guys know everyone's problems because that's what we're teaching on. Uh, if we did it that way. 
right? You, we really want to get ahead of the game. It is, it is a dynamic in leadership. You'll find this in your family. You'll find this in any relationship, any, I would say, any organization, any church, just in your household, that's an organization. There's people, there's like a leader, there's like people working together, there's subordinates, little ones running around, and you're like a small little nonprofit organization. Uh, <laughs> and if you, if you parented that way, if you handled your marriage that way, where you're just constantly handling problems and going from problem to problem and, and trying to fix it and, and just doing the cleanup, you'll get tired, you'll get wiped out. And we don't want to do that in... Uh, in our church as a leadership, we want to get ahead of the game. I'm, I don't even actually know that there's any, I've not heard any uh, problems in people's marriages. I don't know if I want to hear them. Uh, I don't know if I should hear them. I don't know. Um, but I'm not actually aware of any, uh, I'm going to put square, quote, square quotes, problematic marriages. And that's a good thing. So why are we teaching on it? Well, because we, there are problems in marriages. I don't know if there's currently problems, but we want to prevent problems. That's a principle that applies to uh, every area of life. If the, the, the fool uh, sees trouble and runs into it, the wise man sees it and, and hides himself from danger, as one of the Proverbs says. And so I think it would be foolish of us to not teach somewhat regularly, not give counsel, not give advice, teaching, what does the Bible say, what has God already ordained or already said in, in marriage and raising children, um, because we have to persist in it. We have to get ahead of the game. We have to get ahead of the problems. We don't want to be uh, one of the, as Ephesians brings out, that the immature man is tossed back and forth by the waves and winds of every doctrine. And, and that's true, but I also think that applies to tossed back and forth by every problem. Are you running and solving this problem and putting out this fire and putting out this fire and putting out this fire? Well, it, it just doesn't work in the long run. You know, to, in the long run, you want to uh, call the fire department and, and get a big bucket or something of water and, and have them put it out. And, uh, or if you see that the fire is spreading to the next house, make sure that one doesn't catch on fire. Right? You, we, we're trying to get ahead of the problem. Uh, my hope is that this series eliminates a lot of problems that may come otherwise. Um, I don't know how to say this without you guys thinking I'm puffing myself up, but just simply what, I don't know, uh, I'm, I, I don't think I am, but the First Timothy 4, 6 really just says, persist in this and you will save both yourself and your hearers, right? And my hope is that this eliminates a lot of your problems downstream. Um, not because of the teaching that I'm giving, or there's going to be other guys that jump in here and teach, but because these are just basic biblical principles. This is what God has said. And you will save yourself a lot of problems if you listen to God. Um, you're going to find that there are things in this series, you're going to come across things. Uh, yeah, so I strategically put the, the first pressing it into the corners meeting right before uh, we start defining marriage and the husband-wife distinction. Because I don't want that to be the first one uh, that we meet and try to press it into the corners. There's other more foundational things. But we're going to find things going through this series. We're going to examine our relationships or we're going to examine our character. If you're single, you should be examining how does this apply 
uh, or how do I, this is how you would handle uh, a spouse, or this is how you would treat a spouse, do I generally have that characteristic in other relationships? And if the answer is no, it's something you need to change. It's something you need to seek the Lord for. And um, I doubt we're going to, if you go through, if we go through this whole series, myself included, and you're like, at the end, you're like, yeah, that was really good. I found out that I'm just the best. I just am. There's nothing I need to change. Uh, you're probably the biggest problem in your relationship. Um, and so we're going to be looking, uh, you should be personally looking for things that need to change. Um, and then the fourth reason why we need this is the state of our current culture, our broader culture, America. And so they always say that divorce rates are going up. That's actually sort of true, but it's not actually true. If you depends on how you look at the data. Um, actually, the divorce rates are down from the year 2000. They've been steadily going down until the last two years. In the last two years, they've been going up. And so in the year 2000, four out of, four out of every 1,000 persons in the U.S. Uh, were divorced. And But currently, it's 2.5 out of every 1,000 persons are, uh, are divorced. So I don't know what that means percentage-wise. I don't know how to read the data. This is from the U.S. Uh, Census Bureau. And so they just put out data. Um, cohabitation or deciding not to get married is supposedly going up. Um, so some people are, and again, that's just hard data that you look at. And so you have to kind of implant why is that happening? Maybe it's happening because as a culture, marriage is viewed as less and less important. It's, it's more of just viewed as just a piece of paper. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I've, got a, I've got a family member who uh, lived with his girlfriend for like 10 years. And I was like, oh, every time I saw him, I was like, so are you guys getting married soon? He's like, yeah, yeah. And like for 10 years. And, uh, and I mean, great guy. They've got a great relationship. They end up getting married uh, and, and they've got a daughter and they've got a great marriage as far as I know. Uh, but it's, it's this view, I think in our culture, we could see that marriage is viewed as less and less important. I think it's still viewed as important, but I think cultural uh, is, is viewing it as less, less important. And we're Yeah, I'm still waiting to see those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least notable differences. Yeah. So uh, the reproduction rate is currently below the 2.1 per couple to repopulate our country. I think that recently fell... Um, Below, you need, if you can do the math, uh, if there's a man and a woman, uh, this might be going a little bit into too much of a deep teaching for later, but actually the only way you can have children is with a man and a woman. And our culture might tell you otherwise, but it's not true. And if you have one child, the population, if everybody had one child, the population would decrease by half pretty steadily. If everybody had two children, you know, one per person, the population would stay the same. If it's on average going up, if it's more than two, your population is growing. If it's less, if it's two or less, then your population is declining. And I, I don't know what year it was. I heard some statistic that said it was like 1996 or 1997 that we fell below that line. Uh, some other source told me it was just in the last two years. So either way, the, the, our population, um, I would, I guess, uh, as American citizens is, is declining. We obviously get uh, immigrants in various other ways that our population could be growing, but in, in the 
general culture, our population is declining due to not having enough children. And so that, again, that's just data, I would believe, and I think it's because our culture generally views children as burdensome, as less important, uh, and the idea that most of your life and the most important thing is, in your life is to have children and raise them and have a good marriage is, is kind of, we're kind of, we don't see that very much, right? We don't, um, so that's my assumption as to why the population uh, or our reproduction rate is going down. But again, that's just hard data. But I think our culture generally views children as uh, we marginalize them, we push them to the corners, um, and generally less important. Um, the average marriage age is going up. Uh, so currently, again, from the U.S. Census Bureau, the current age for men, on average, when they enter marriage for the first time, is 30 years of age, and for women, is 28. Good for men. They're marrying younger women. Uh, <laughs> that's just the hard data. Uh, right? And so normally, again, so we're just looking at data, but that kind of shows you as the age goes up, is that possibly because we're either viewing marriage as less important, we're not maturing as fast, um, or, or, or what is it? Right? I think that would be the general consensus is, is that uh, men and women are both maturing later in age to be suitable for marriage, where normally, um, or I shouldn't say normally, in the past it's been the average between like 18 to 24 years old. And so 16%, uh, another statistic, 16% of children live in a blended family. And so that's becoming more popular. One uh, or 16% of, 16 out of 100 children you meet are in some sort of blended family. And 40% of families are blended families. And so that's a huge, that, that means that there's been a divorce, there's been a widow, there's been some kind of separation in the marriage and two families, you know, uh, there's been a remarriage of some kind. That didn't say whether it was a divorce and remarriage or whether it was a widow. It, it just said blended families. Uh, 40% of current families, and I don't know how they define families, uh, I guess that'd be married couples, or blended families. Um, now, this is a site that quoted the Census Bureau, but I didn't find it on the Census Bureau myself, is that the average marriage in America only lasts seven years. That's not very long. That's not till death do us part. Unless it was a widow. Um, half, and this is again a site quoting the Census Bureau, but I didn't find this uh, particularly on the Census Bureau, half of all marriages end in divorce. And so I've heard a lot of statistics over the years that it's like 75%, and I don't know where people are drawing their data from, um, but this site supposedly was quoting the Census Bureau, and they said half of all marriages end in divorce. And so we need to be on guard that we're not uh, affected by our culture. What we're called to do as Christians is we have, uh, we are the pillar and foundation of truth. We have the truth. We have God's word. We have his spirit. We have redemption, right? Um, we should be the ones where the world is streaming to us and saying, how do you guys do marriage? I see you guys are happy. I see you're healthy. I see you're vibrant. I see you're not tossed back and forth. There's something different. Uh, they should be running to us. But they, they just won't be. In if we're not living the answer, right? If we're not being um, uh, a light, if, our, if, our, if we're hiding our light under a basket because we're quarreling with one another and fighting, uh, 
then we're not actually going to be a light. So 1 Chronicles 12.32, the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. Uh, again, not just the times of our church. We're a church of young married couples. But um, we see the way the culture is going, and there are times where we have to teach and say, this is where the culture is going downstream. This has been a 40, 60-plus uh, year um, wave in our culture that's been, that's been coming, and we're at it now. Where, how do we start swimming upstream, right? So Luke 14, 28 through 29, our Lord teaches, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Um, uh, the Lord is bringing this out about the cost of discipleship, of whether uh, you know, a convert is, is wanting to follow Christ, but use this in context of marriage. If you're single, you're actually in a better position because you have, you're not married yet. You, have, you are laying a foundation. You have time to get your materials ready, as, as Proverbs, one of the Proverbs says, get your uh, materials ready in the field and then go and build your barn or your house. And so you have, and essentially single people are in a, in one sense, a slightly better situation because you're not married yet and you have time to prepare. When you're married, you're like, oh man, I've already got the foundation laid. And you're like, ah, oh. if you know anything about building, when you lay a foundation of concrete, it takes like 24 hours to dry and then 30 days to cure. And so you could walk on it after 24 hours, but you're not supposed to drive your truck on it for like 30 days. And so uh, I think for the most people in GCF that are married, and if there's things we need to change, you've kind of set the concrete, but it hasn't cured. There's things you can change, right? You're not just like, oh, well, we're married. We're out of luck. We can't build a foundation anymore. Que sera, right? No. Uh, there are things that we can change, especially the earlier you get it in your marriage, the better it's going to be in the long run. Uh, the saying is trustworthy and true. Generally, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's very hard. Uh, the younger the marriage is, the better it'll be when you make healthy, uh, God-honoring um, changes in it early on. And so, uh, lastly, number five. As a church, if we aren't producing healthy, God-honoring marriages, then everything else we do is lost or worthless. And so, um, without going into other teachings, I don't know how far it is in, the, uh, in my actual teaching schedule, but marriage is the foundational relationship we see in Scripture. The Bible starts with the marriage, it ends with the marriage. It's telling a bigger picture, but the most fundamental human relationship is marriage, right? And then from there, you get motherhood and fatherhood. You can't have motherhood and fatherhood without husband and wife first. And so that is the fundamental relationship to build society, to build culture, to uh, the... If you look at our teaching on the seven inevitable institutions of every government, or seven inevitable governments of every institution, whatever it is, is that it goes the individual, the church, the family, education, 
than the economy, than the social mores or the media, and then all the way up to, to civic government. And we diagram it like a pyramid, like the individual is the foundation, then the family is built on top of that, and then the church, and it gets smaller and smaller until you get this little sliver of government at the top. And so essentially, what we will see biblically is that if you want to change the economy, you should change your marriage. If you want to change, if you're not happy with the education in a, in a climate or a culture, you should change your marriage. If you're not happy with the government, you should change your marriage. Should write your congressman. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but fundamentally, government is downstream from the household. Education is. The economy is. The social mores of a culture are downstream from the, the family. And so we're in uh, uh, a cultural state where things are just kind of wild uh, all the time. It's kind of, we kind of live in clown world a lot of the time. And our culture is in a moral freefall. And the only way to save it is, uh, or I should say the primary way to save it is to change your marriage. Produce children who love God and honor God. Go out and evangelize the culture, but the only way it's going to change long-term long um, is by becoming the answer yourself, by following God's word uh, and submitting to it. And so if we did, I mean, I love outreaches and ministries that we do. I love uh, uh, counseling. I love evangelism. I love everything that we get our hands in doing in service, but really, if we're not producing healthy marriages, healthy children, it is kind of worthless. It really is. It means that our religion, our, our religion is worthless. And so, again, uh, James is one of those books that doesn't talk about uh, husbands or wives directly, but he does say that if you don't control your tongue, if you're loose with your speech, then... Uh, your religion is worthless. And so we think about that. We tend to skip over our marital and family relationships in that context and go, well, I don't like, I don't show other people outside the church that I'm like loose with my tongue. But if you are with your wife, your religion's worthless. And, and that's just what the Bible says. And so uh, it all comes back to the household, to marriage, to child rearing, Right, We're, We are a church as a family of families. We can't have a healthy church without healthy families. Of course, we can't have healthy churches without healthy individuals. Um, but all of those things that we look at that uh, oftentimes, even myself, I get frustrated with the culture or the way things are in the world. And, but those are all downstream to how you treat your spouse, how you live in your household, whether you're honoring God or not. And so... Uh, those are kind of the five things, the five reasons why I think it's time to take this prolonged series. And so a few, uh, I'll just end with a few suggestions. Um, show up. You guys are here, so you guys don't need to hear that. Uh, you guys made it. Congratulations. Step one accomplished. Everybody gets a gold star. I'll give it to you next week. Um, and... Uh, to show up if you got uh, if you're serving in the kids ministry or preparing the food or something or you're sick obviously that's understandable but uh, listen to the podcast and then 
the pressing it into the corners is really, uh, um, if anybody could, if you're coming, just RSVP. If we find that there's too many people to do it at our house, we'll just have it here at the church. Um, we're not going to provide any food, so there's no, like, incentive for you. <laughs> Except you can bring your own snacks and enough to share. No, no. No need to share. That'd be a lot of snacks. Yeah. And so uh, that's really just for people who really want to learn how to uh, have a better marriage. And even if you think you've got a good marriage, um, I still encourage you to come if, if you've got the time. And um, unfortunately, it's, it's going to be every other Sunday at our house probably at 6 p.m.? Uh, Saturday, thank you. Wait, did I say Saturday? I thought we were going to do Sundays. I wrote Saturday. Let's do Saturday. Saturday, July 22nd is the first one. In my mind, I was thinking Sundays, but we might switch it to Sundays. I'll have to talk to my wife uh, about that. I wrote Saturday, though, and that is the 22nd. Um, but we might do it at a different... We're a little loose on the date. Uh, but it'd be every two weeks, and you're more than welcome to come and, and just be vulnerable and say, hey, this is uh, something I struggle with. Uh, please don't come and say, hey, this is something my spouse struggles with. Can we help him? Uh, <laughs> we don't want to hear it. Uh, that's not... Um, but, you know, uh, and really kind of be introspect in when we're going through, the, this is what the Lord has said, this is what his teaching is. Is that, is that me? Or do I need, you know, uh, a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit and conviction to, to change something? And then how do I start? And so um, coming to the pressing in the corners, I, you know, I would just encourage everyone to just be um, appropriately vulnerable. But, and say, because we really do just want to answer questions. I can give certain advice on, on what you should do in your marriage or with child rearing, but one of the downfalls of having a church that's so young in their marriage is we don't have as much, we don't have 30 years of wisdom. Go to Greg and Catherine, they've got 30 years of wisdom. 42 years of wisdom. Is it 42 you guys just celebrated? Yeah. Good, if it was... 41. Okay. I'll have to check it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so people who have lived longer and been in marriages longer generally have more wisdom. And so we can offer you guys a certain amount of wisdom and a certain amount of how you apply biblical principles, but quite honestly, as a church, we're very young, and so we don't, have, we don't all have 40 years of wisdom. Um, I encourage people to find a marriage uh, we've got one marriage in our church that's 41 years, <laughs> between 30 and 40 years, as far as I know. Um, most of us aren't over 40. And so uh, whether that's your parents or whether that's somebody at, a, at another church and just kind of observe them and, and observe if they really have a healthy marriage first and then uh, ask them questions, ask them for some wisdom. It's kind of a common thing um, at weddings now to do like that. How many years have you been married? You're slow dancing and then you get to the end and it's like, I've been married 110 years. Uh, and, and like, well, what's your one, and they put them on the spot, like, what's the one piece of advice? And they give you some piece of advice that's 
sometimes helpful. Um, one of the things that I particularly uh, hate is, I'll just end with a little side story, is when we were on our anniversary this two weeks ago or whatever, uh, we were at this hibachi grill, and hibachis are nice because you just get thrown at the table with whoever's there. And for some reason, we always, uh, we go to the same hibachi place year after year when we go to this town in Florida. And we always get uh, paired with some much older couple that is there on vacation. And uh, I think it's been at least two, maybe three years in a row that we've gotten kind of the same situation. And so that's just to say this isn't an uncommon situation. Is uh, insane. Sometimes I look at examples and you say, I don't want that. And there was the, a happy couple. They seemed happy they were on vacation. But uh, they always ask us, oh, so what are you guys doing? Are you here celebrating? Yeah, we're celebrating our anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Here's some sake. Uh, and uh, Noelle didn't drink any sake, just to be clear. She's pregnant. <laughs> and But then, uh, for whatever reason, the man consecutively or consistently pipes up and said, yeah, we've been married. I've been married 38 years to my old bag. Uh, or says some kind of derogatory statement. And in jest... He publicly puts her down like being married that long has been a terrible trouble for him. And the wife is always like, it's been great. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Uh, so we don't want to get downstream. And even, even if they do have a healthy marriage, I don't know anything about their personal life, to even get close to the point of joking publicly to put down your spouse that being married for 30, 40 years has been uh, a tedious, grueling, it might be sacrificial, but it's been a real sacrifice on my part type of thing. We want to get 30, 40 years down the road and say, God's been with us. We've had a lot of problems maybe, but it's been such a pleasure to uh, live my life giving myself to this lady or to this man. And so we want to see downstream. I just personally hate that being out in public and I'm like, well, that sucks to be you. Maybe if you appreciate your wife a little bit more, you want to, <laughs> you want to talk like that. But uh, that's where I want us to go is to see all of the marriages flourish, that, that single people can really prepare for marriage the best they can, look for a spouse, and when the Lord blesses you, you have built a better foundation than maybe some of us or maybe than what you would have otherwise had. And so um, uh, and so I just kind of leave you guys with that, but uh, we'll actually start the teaching next week, do some actual Bible teaching next week. I just want everyone to understand how important this is and how you can, how you can utilize it. So amen. <laughs>